York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. Randall also this is the worst hold on here we go there we go here we go now I got you RJ Barrett with 26.7 rebounds and four assists Julius Randall gives you 33.7 rebounds Mitchell Robinson gives you six points and 13 rebounds Quentin Grime gives you 11 Jalen Brunson gives you 11 Manuel quickly Gives you 11 7 Knicks score in double figures. Sharon is caring, and the Knicks once again hold the team to 23% from three. And the Knicks take care of business, get back to 500, and beat the Hornets 121 to 102. And we're going to talk about it all. Okay, uh, before I talk about it all, please hit the like button, please hit the subscribe button. We're here after every game talking Knicks basketball. So salute you guys for rocking with the KOT show. Also, shout out to FUBU TV, FUBUTV.com hosts Knicks basketball and MSG basketball for free. So if you want to watch Knicks free for seven days, if, if you go to FUBUTV.com slash kot you will get to watch the knicks for free for seven days and if you decide to actually purchase it kot gets a cut and everybody's happy you get knicks basketball you get to record knicks basketball you get to watch sports and kot gets a little bit of that fee so shout out to fubu tv okay now let's get into it uh before i get to the, to the details of the game you already know what it is i'm gonna have to introduce you to my guy the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. The Knicks won a game that they were supposed to win because the Hornets are pretty much dead with a whole lot of injuries. But I got two things to say before we start the podcast. Let's go. One is a harsh truth. I know people have been saying Dibs has lost this team after the Knicks have pretty much wet the bed in a couple of games this season. But clearly, when you watch the team play, you have to accept this harsh truth. They are playing for Thibs. Thibs has not lost his team. That's number one. Number two, RJ, we outside. We outside. Barry, I know, I know, <laughs> I know a lot of people RJ Barrett because they're like, your wisest man in the club when he's been sticking it up all season. But look what, look what happened. Because me and Jay Ellis was talking about this in the text. So it was. In the, in, the, in, the text, in the text that we had, I was like, look, you have to realize these dudes are human. These dudes are young. If he's, if he's going out there to have fun, as long as he's responsible and working on his game, I'm cool with it. Look, my man needed to go outside. Go Look at the performance he had tonight. Do Leave my think. guy RJ alone. Leave the Bodman alone. Leave the Bodman alone, man. Let him have his fun. Balance. You need to rest exactly. sometimes. Shoot, even I have to go outside sometimes. Man. Exactly. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like the, the, the team has lost tips thing. Is People want him to be fired so bad that they just kind of make it up. Make up stuff. Or not even make up stuff. I don't want to say they make up stuff. I, I think they want to believe 
that the the, the team lost Tibbs, that Tibbs lost the team because they want to start down that road in their mind. So that's what they're telling themselves that the, the team has lost Tibbs. But the t- Tibbs has not lost the team. And well, I want to actually talk about the structure of the team, Tibbs, and all of that other like side stuff with team building, Cam Reddish not playing. We're gonna get to all that before we get to that stuff, all of the side stuff of the game. I, I want to talk about the game real quick. And you can't talk about the game without talking about a Julius Randall, the guy who we wanted to banish from the Knicks last year. Some people still do. A lot of people still do, actually. Um, he came to play again. He did what he had to do. There's a there's a team who really doesn't have a big on the other side who can really wash his shorts, really. <laughs> and he showed it. Julius Randle came out today and did his thing. Scored 33 points to assist. Got to the free throw line, 11 to 14 from the free throw line, plus 17 tied for the highest plus minus on the game and did it everywhere. Caused double, caused double teams, um, hit a few threes to warm things up, was moving it out the ball a lot um, and played some defense in spurs too. Like, I don't know. I, I, Julius seems to be turning the page, right? He's turning into COVID Randall a little bit. Uh, the three-point shooting still isn't there on the season. He's still like at 33% from three f- for the season. But when you look at his field goal percentage, his field goal percentage as a whole is better than it was during the COVID years. And you have to sit back and go, huh, does Julius Randle having a legit point guard really make this big of a difference? Um, It seems like yeah <laughs> it might be the case i don't know what do you think ryan yeah julius Randle has definitely taken a turn this season compared to his play last season and i definitely see i, I mean i'll go as far as to say i think covid randall is back the way he's been playing for the majority of this season i think covid randall is definitely back and he's definitely showing it on the offensive end the defensive end he's putting in way more effort than he did last season and you can look at it in I can, you can look at you can look at it in two ways with Julius Randle. Because I know a lot of people want to move Julius Randle. And yes, him playing like this does raise his value. But here's another thing as well, because if Julius Randle is playing at that COVID level, which it seems like he's playing at this season, does it really make sense to trade Julius Randle and take a step backwards? Or would you want to add to Julius Randle? Because remember. This offseason with the spider trade, Julius Randle was not involved in those talks, which means it's very possible for the Knicks to make a move for a star player to play alongside Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson. So it's a question that the front office is definitely going to have to look at and examine. But with Julius Randle, I don't think it's as easy as trading Julius Randle is going to solve all of our problems. The man is balling this season, and you have to give him his props. He's 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 performing well. Yeah. For me, the biggest Randall for me was his attitude problem, and his hustle on defense wasn't always there. Um, 
But what I'm starting to look at how this team is built and the problems we were having, I'm starting to go, okay, wait a minute, Jay. Tibbs, for the first time this season, has the starting five he wanted since the beginning of the season. Like, if you really think about it, the way they really want to build this team is Grimes and Mitch being those defensive defensive pillars. Uh, three and D Grimes, Mitch holding down the paint. You already seen the difference with those twos on defense in the pick and roll. Um, Jalen Brunson causing havoc. And then, you know, Julius Randle getting back to a normal flow where he doesn't have the ball in his hands. Because, listen, they try to do that with the with the last season when they brought Kemba here and RJ Barrett coming here and RJ Barrett taking a step. Now RJ Barrett still is stopping go with this shooting and decision-making today played great, but I, I'm thinking I, 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 I'm just curious to see if we have this starting five intact for a longer period of time what can happen because you know what you remember you remember when ryan remember when, remember kyle lowry yeah kyle lowry was a point guard who wasn't thought of as much he was kind of all over the place he goes to i think the houston rockets right and all of a sudden he starts to raise his value. Houston then trades him to the Toronto Raptors. And he starts to ball out over there. And for this whole time, Toronto was thinking about trading him. And they were thinking about trading Kyle Lowry to the Knicks for Shumpert and like a pick or something like that. I don't know if you guys were around around that time. And at the last minute, start, things started clicking. And they was like, wait a minute here. This might be a mistake. <laughs> and they held out Kyle Lowry and kept him. And he ended up being, like, important for them. And when I say important, was Kyle Lowry the, the piece that got him over the hump? No. But he was like a piece that he's like, wait a minute. If I have Kyle Lowry and I pair him with another piece, which at the time ended up being uh, Kawhi Leonard, then we can get over the hump and do something. And I don't know, man. I'm starting to think maybe we should kind of look and see what happens with this a little bit more. Yeah. With Randall. Hmm? You know, I know all of what Strux is trying to say is that I don't think there's like one like solution that people are, you know, trying to, you know, say that there is. Like, I feel like the Knicks can go in several directions. It's not clear cut as to what the Knicks really need to do to get to that next level, you know, and it's definitely going to have to take evaluation and see where the Knicks can go, especially with this current starting lineup and how they perform. And yeah, pretty much based on that, I just don't think that there's one set solution. Like I think the Knicks can go in several directions to try to get them to where they're going. 
But all, all I'm trying to say is that I just don't think at the moment, because I go back and forth because it's really hard to determine, you know, what direction the Knicks should go, especially when you watch the games. Because one game, the Knicks look spectacular. Another game, it's like they look like they're not focused on the game and they get blown out. But I just feel like there needs to be more data examination. Like we need to see more of where this team is going before you really make a decision on what direction to go. Because with the way Julius Randle is playing at the moment, if you can really pair, like what would it look like if you could pair a star with Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson? Could that be, could that be a core that could get the Knicks to where they need to go? You know, we don't know that. But at the same time, we don't know if trading Julius Randle, taking a step back and getting more assets or trying to like, quote unquote, tank, which I don't, which even if, even if I think the Knicks trade Julius Randle, I don't think the Knicks are tanking. Like, I don't think the Knicks are that bad to where they're going to tank to like a top three pick. So Yo. it doesn't even make sense to even make that move and tank. Here's so, what tanking means to me, Ryan. And I really wish Lee was here today. Mm-hmm. But, um... Tanking means to me is you're not just trading Randall and hoping for picks, right? Because first of all, the picks, the, the trades I see for Randall doesn't even have us getting picks back, which is stupid to me. Um, but to me, if you're going to tank, you're trading Randall and you're trading Brunson. You're not just going to trade Randall. If you're going to tank, you're going to trade Randall and you're trading Brunson because Brunson to me is a win now guy who was in the prime you know what i mean so so that means you pray those guys you get a bunch of firsts you say this is rj's team for now then go into the draft and then see what happens understanding that you're not going to stink that you're not going to stink for like maybe three years after this to me, that's what really tanking is, not just trading Randall. Yeah, and I wholeheartedly agree. That's why I, that's why I was saying that I just don't think trading Randall alone is just going to automatically like solve the Knicks problem that people are saying. Like, you know, because like because like you said, if the Knicks just trade Randall, they they still have good enough players to where they're gonna still win games. They're not gonna be losing to the point where they're gonna just drop into like a top three pick. So then you have to look at it from that standpoint and, and be like, okay, does it really make sense to trade Randall? You know, so I don't know. I, I'm pausing. I, I'm. I don't want to make emotional decisions. Like I like to have a clear head. Like yeah. that's why. Like even like the big loss with the Dallas Mavericks. You don't want to make your decision off the big losses or the big wins. You want to you want to collect the data and see where you're gonna go. So I I, I want to see what's gonna happen here because the the. The assumption was he would would he be better with a better point guard, and it looks like that's what's happening right now. So then we then you go okay, what do we need? Well, we need a finisher. We need somebody who can close games. Brunson can close games sometimes. Today he stunk. I still think Brunson is hurt. I think Brunson is hurt, but you still need a, a closer who can you know create shots for himself and other and shoot threes. That that's what I think. So this is gonna be probably an ongoing conversation uh for uh during the year. And it's probably gonna be a lot of clashes between 
me, you, Lee, Raw, and the fan base on this one because everybody else wants something completely different. <laughs> and everybody has very wild emotions one way or the other. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. But all yeah. in all, I'll say this, and I'm going to get back into the game. Julius Randle, the, the game plan for... For the Hornets and every team before and after us has been these guys can't shoot threes. Right? These guys can't shoot threes. So they doubled Randall and try to make somebody else beat us for a while. And surprisingly, we weren't really hitting threes like that in the beginning, but Randall was just so good that we didn't really need to. And then there was a point where Randall was off in that second quarter. RJ Barrett started to take over. And he actually started to go in the hole. He started to finish. Um, I actually like that RJ was moving off the ball a little bit. And I also love that he isn't finishing well at the rim. But today he said... Flood that, I'm banging the ball on your head and I'm getting these field goal percentages up. And he came to the hole and dunked it a few times. So um, it's interesting to me when I'm thinking of the grand scheme of things, like the macro and the micro of this. When we was having a little bit of troubles when we was in threes. So it makes me think, okay, what happens when Grimes starts to hit threes? And what happens if RJ could start to hit threes? Can we then this team really get to another level? Because defensively, we're really starting to put certain things together a little bit. Granted, this is still a Hornets team, right? We still have to test this theory against higher caliber teams. We're playing the Kings of next. But it seems like the way we're playing is different since we had our entire starting lineup. So I want it. So it's, it's, it's really interesting. But um, shout out to RJ Barrett and Julius Randle. Today, what do you think of RJ Barrett's game, Ryan? I think he had a, a pretty good game after last game. I was kind of just like, man. Yeah, um, yeah, RJ Barrett definitely had an efficient game tonight. You know, the one issue we've had with RJ throughout most of the season was the, was his efficiency. Tonight, he shot fifty percent from the field. He made good decisions. Um, especially on the pick and roll with Hardenstein. And sometimes I wonder why the Knicks don't run pick and roll with RJ more often if he's capable of making good decisions off the pick and roll. But I guess that's another question for another day with Thibs and his offensive schemes. But yeah, RJ had a good overall game today. And, you know, the main thing with RJ is just consistency. Like, can he be consistent in keeping up these type of performances? That's really the only issue with RJ at the moment. Defensively, you know, he still has lapses at times on defense, but yeah. overall played well tonight. Yeah, you're right. Like the lapses that I see when I like rolled back to tape to see where our defensive breakdowns happened in this game. Uh most of the time it happened with RJ Barrett not being able to get over screens fast enough, missing his open player altogether, um, and kind of being a little bit slow footed at times. So and and so in that regard, I didn't like it, but it didn't seem overwhelming today. So I'm happy about that. Uh, but and the other side of this is the way RJ Barrett played with the second unit. And 
we all love Cam here, right? We, I, we love Cam here. Cam would usually be in that second unit. Um, today he was out. And partially he's out because, well, usually he probably would, you know, replace Obi's minutes. He didn't play today for Obi. We we saw another, we saw Hartenstein and Sims gets those minutes. But usually, um, what would usually happen is RJ Barrett gets to play with the second unit in place of Cam getting playing time whatsoever. And the good side of the nine-man rotation is R.J. Barrett gets to be the man and run with the second unit. That unit likes to run a lot more than the first unit most of the time. And you can start to see him flourish. You saw we had two alley-oops to Hartenstein. Um, he started to go to the hole with Gusto. He started to really pick up his game. And even last season, you start to see when he go when he gets off the slow starts, when he starts taking command of that second unit, he usually he sometimes starts to get going with them. And once he starts getting going with the second unit, it kind of carries over to the first unit sometimes. Um, so I hate that Cam is out the lineup when OB you know is here, but the 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 pro of it is RJ Barrett running with the second unit. And him being able to be the man, the con, of course, is we don't get to see Cam Reddish be in a rotation, uh, see him take a next step, and maybe achieve uh, some potential that maybe we thought he had in the future. Yeah, um, I do want to mention one thing about Cam because, you know, I was watching the game tonight, and I think everybody was thinking that with OB out, like the clear solution would be, you know, inserting Cam in for Obi and have Cam take those minutes. And I think at first tonight when I saw Dibs go with Sims instead of Obi and played a front court of Hardenstein and Sims where it was two bigs, you know, two, basically two centers and then like three backcourt players. And I was upset at first because I was like, yeah. you know, why would you put Hardenstein and Sims on the court together when you know, when that might stifle the offense a bit, you know, instead of putting in Cam, where Cam would be a more natural fit. Right. Even even though, you know, I know it's more than this, but the Charlotte Hornets do play big. So it kind of justified it a little bit as to why he put Sims and Hardison out there because at times the Hornets would go with Kai Jones and either Richards or Plumlee. Right. And those, and those two guys are big guys. So it's like you want to match up bigs with bigs. But at the same time, and then, and, then, and to be honest about it, Tonight it worked out well. Listen, you know, so you really can't argue it. But at the same time, the fact that Cam, you know, wasn't the natural, you know, solution to come off the bench for Obi tonight, and then on top of that, like he would, he has been benched like the last two three games. This leads me to believe it's either a, there's a trade in the works. Yep. And Cam is out of here within like the next few weeks, or B. There's something that the Knicks organization is not telling us because for Cam to be benched like this and not get no playing time whatsoever, there has to be something that maybe Cam has done or whatever the case may be. And Thibs is just like, no, you know, I'm done with this and and bench the dude. But I, but I do believe that Cam will be out of here by the trade deadline. Yeah. Um, we put away the game because we really – couldn't get past like five point, seven point lead. 
The game was put away by the second unit. The second unit led by RJ Barrett was like RJ Barrett, Deuce McBride, Emmanuel Quickly, Hartenstein, and Sims. That unit right there put the game away. Um, defensively, yeah. they were great. Hartenstein, he, the last few games, maybe not the game before, but defensively, he's been a lot sharper lately. Sims, Sims is an animal. You already know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Notified to Sims. Yeah. <laughs> But it was like defensively, they were all on a string. It was like, okay, RJ Barrett, a guy who, who was scoring with them and setting people up with four defenders. And I put defenders next to Hartenstein as an asterisk because he, he came in as a defender's reputation, but he hasn't been with us. But theoretically, four defenders, it looked like it really worked for us. And it's, that's why we, we, we blew the game open. Uh, so shout out to the second unit. Swap the Hornets today. Really big reason why we won. Um, but also the cam thing. I was talking about this with Raw. I think yesterday we was on Twitter. I don't know. I was just like, I think the trade is already done. That's the only thing that makes sense to me in my head. Like the trade is already done. To go from playing well, getting clutch buckets, playing great defense, getting compliments to having two bad games and now you're permanently benched to me i think the trade was already happening it has me over kind of thinking back to when i thought there was fishy things happening they mysteriously they mysteriously sat down evan fournier for rest reasons where i i was like is he really need rest and then grimes had this mysterious boot on his foot injury that they said wasn't serious, but he was day to day for a month. And then they had Cam playing for a month. You remember that? I was on every week. I was like, things that make you go, hmm, is Grimes really hurt? Did Evan Fournier really need to rest that bad off of FIBA? I don't know, man. I'm starting to think the whole they just want to came here to flip him from the rib. That's the only thing I'm starting to think right now. Yeah, I mean, it could be the case. There was like, we ran out of time with Grimes. I mean, not with Grimes, with Kevin Knox. So let's flip Kevin Knox for a more desirable player in the NBA in Cam. Try to rehab his value so we can flip him later. I, I, it's making me think like a flip houses thing. Like I'm getting, I'm trying to like, you know, you're into real estate. You know what you do in real estate? You buy a house that looks like crap. You change the pipes, put in some sinks, dust them off and go, ha ha. What can you give me? I think that's what the Knicks might have been trying to do all along, which is why all these fake injuries and rest stuff might have happened. I don't know. It's a theory. It's a theory. Because it just makes no sense for me for him to com- fall completely out of rotation. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Because before I was pissed at Tibbs. You know what I mean? Before I was pissed at Tibbs. But now I'm just like, okay, wait a minute. Was this the plan all the time or was this Tibbs? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to think, Ryan. All this is weird. All this is very weird. Yeah, it is weird. But, you know, like I said, I think it's pretty much written in stone. Like, if Cam is here still after the trade deadline, I would be immensely surprised. Extremely surprised. I I agree. I agree. Salute to the chat. 
Um, let's listen. Let's, let's get to this first caller. We got Ken T as our first caller. Ken T is, is the editor of the KOT show. If you're loving the content so far, hit the like button, hit the hit the subscribe button. We're here after every game talking Knicks. And also shout out to FubuTV.com as well. If you go to FubuTV.com slash KOT, you get free MSG uh and Knicks for seven days. And if you purchase it, we get a little bit of a cut. So shout out to FubuTV.com. First caller up is Ken. Ken, what's going on, man? Yo. Hey, Ellis. What's going on, Ken? Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, guys. Hey, thanks for having me on. Great show. You guys uh, you guys have amazing takes. Um, I just want to say, even though, like I said, you know, this is a team we should have won, what I look at when I'm watching these games is how the Knicks play. And I do see a lot of positives, especially like the way, you know, Grimes is playing and IQ. I see their development. You know, they're showing a little more creativity. Um, they're not just 3 and D guys, so that's encouraging. The other thing I want to give a quick shout-out is, to, listen, we, we bash the front office a lot, but we got Jericho Sims, who was from Texas, with the 53rd pick, and the Hornets traded with us for our 19th pick to get Kai Jones. And Jericho Sims has been better than Kai Jones. True. So, you know. Let, let's recognize. Very you know, good point. Good. That's a very good point. So, uh, <laughs> right, and then and then the other point like you guys are talking about, like I was a uh, Brian. You said exactly what I was thinking. It's like when I saw that that uh, that Sims came in to play with Harnstein, I got upset. I was like, man, play Cam. But you know what? Tonight it made sense, and especially you know Sims is athletic that he can cover fours, especially stretch fours. So. It worked out tonight, and it was a new look, and, you know, I, I'll take it. it. I thought it was a, the right move. Um, but the, uh, the other thing I want to say really quick also about the rotations, everyone's making a big deal, but a nine-man rotation is, is the standard. It seemed like yeah, last year we had the same issue with it, where he was trying to play too many guys, and then after 20 games, you know, he cut the rotation, and the same thing is going on now, the only thing is that they're finally like, you know what, we're going to cut bait with some of these uh, higher-priced bets. And that's cool. Now, the only thing, and I wanted to throw it to you guys to get your opinion, but to me, the situation with Cam, I think something happened where he's in the doghouse because as much as I love Duke, one, Cam is more of a natural fit. Like, if you already have Brunson, you already have IT, you don't need another small guard out there. So uh, Cam is, is more of an actual fit. He played well. He only had, like, what, one, you know, atrocious game, and then he gets benched. And the other thing is, like, the front office, right? Like, they want Cam to succeed because, you know, they traded a, a draft pick to get him. So there's people who, you know, um, success is tied to Cam, so they want Cam to do well. So I'm thinking he did something egregious because you see there, you know, for them to play um, – Bud, who's you know, who's definitely a hard-nosed kid. To me, that just doesn't make you know sense, especially when he's kind of limited offensively compared to Cam. So my theory, like I heard your theory, and I like your theory, is with the trade trade deadline coming up, and since they already put all the money into Brunson, I once they sign Brunson, IQ and, and McBride are not you know part of the long-term plan. Uh, you know, like they're not going to be starting uh, in the future. So I, to me, it seems like they're showcasing these guys, especially McBride, uh, with the trade deadline. Uh, you know, with, with the trade window starting up now uh, uh, next week. So I don't know. What do you guys think about that theory? 
Um, well, I th- I kind of touched on this a little bit before, but I think what's happening is the Knicks want to move on from Derrick Rose, and they knew that a few weeks ago. And if you notice, they started trickling in um, Deuce a few weeks ago. Um, but also on top of that, I think they were or maybe still are toying with the idea of including quickly as well. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know if that I don't think that might be as sure of a thing, but I think they're they were kind of toying with it. Um, but I think that's the reason why uh, Deuce is playing right now. I don't think they're really playing him to showcase him because. I don't think it's even worth any. I don't think it's worth even trading Deuce right now because he hasn't played right. enough to have any value, and he's still on a ridiculous cheap contract. Who? Yeah. So, so like, it doesn't even make sense to showcase Deuce right now. In my mind. The only way, the only reason it really is to play him is to be like, you know what? Something might happen soon. We have to prepare him. Start to get into the G League. <laughs> Start to get into these reps with the other the uh, the other guys to see if something happens. Then you'll be able to make a more seamless transition. I think that's what's happening. Yeah, and I yeah, just want to ask. That makes, that makes sense. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Uh, hold on, Ryan. That? Hold on, hold on. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I just wanted to add something right. to what you said. Um, hold on, Ken. Oh, hey, hold on, Ken. Hold uh-huh. on, Ken. Ryan's replying right now. Yes, I just wanted to add one thing to what um, JL has just said, too. I don't think it was mainly to really showcase McBride. I think what Dibs was seeing was that the Knicks had too many defensive lapses, and he wanted to strengthen the defense on the court, and I think that's why he made the move to really bench Rose and go at McBride, and that's second unit along with IQ. So I think that's the main reason as to why, and as for the camp benching, like, I agree. Like, like I said earlier, it's either one or two things. It's either A, they're, work, they're working on a trade with Cam at the moment, so they don't really want to play him. Or B, he did something so bad that Dibs is just fed up and he's like, you know what? I'm benching you. It's yeah. either one or the other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, yeah, like I said, that, that, I think that definitely makes sense. And uh, I like your point about, about Deuce and his value. So that makes more sense. Oh, last thing I just said out there is regarding Randall. Um, I don't think we're going to tank if we trade him. I think we'll be fine. I, I think uh, the only thing is, what can you get for Randall? Ideally, you'd like to include him for a trade for a superstar, but I think at this point, the best thing you could do is try to get some draft picks and, and a good role player that complements Brunson and, um, and RJ. Because, you know, I think there's just too much redundancy between Brunson, uh, RJ, and Randall. I mean, there's three lefties who are not, you know, none of them are elite three point shooters. They all, Need the ball and want to go to the basket. So right. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see you there, man. But hey, guys, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. You guys are doing a great job, man. Keep up the good work. I right. appreciate you. Thanks, All right. Um, I'll say this: if we do end up trading Randall, I don't think we're going to be better for it at all. I love Ob Toppin, and I thought he was starting to take a step this season with the shooting and all. But then it seems like he like this before the injury. It looked like he was starting to disappear a little bit. And I like the steps he's taken defensively, but I still want to see more on that 
on that end yet. And he's not there yet. Like, I think what would most naturally happen is if we do trade Randall, I think offensively, Obi's numbers would probably start to look a lot better because of the reps. And because I still feel like he is a rhythm player. Like, I've been saying that for years. Um, Defensively, though, I was hoping to take a little bit more of a step. And I think he has taken a step, but I'm not sure if it's, it's enough just as yet to be like, you, you know what? We'll be exactly fine. You know what I mean? It's interesting. Yeah, and just to add to what you said, Jay, um, because, because I, if you recall, even before the season started, you know, when people were saying that we should trade Julius Randle and give Obi the starting position, and I said that the only way Obi is really deserving of it is, is if Obi comes into the season and he takes it, meaning that when he's on the court, he performs at such a high level that it makes you believe that if you trade Julius Randle, Obi will be able to take over as a starting forward and be able to produce but like you said Obi hasn't necessarily taken that position from Julius Randle this season and and like you said he's been fading off as of late even before the injury so that that makes you question it as well whether trading Julius Randle is really the key to you know having the Knicks get to a point where they can become a successful and a good team but yeah overall um and I'm about to say something that might be un- might be unpopular right now. Look, listen, was- last episode was unpopular, so we might as well just go with it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if, I, if, if, I, if I was representing Obi, if I was Obi's agent, I would walk into the Knicks front office right now and I would ask for a trade. Oh. Because I, because I would be like, you're misusing, my, you're, you're misusing my client on the court because I don't like the way the Knicks actually use Obi when he's in games. And I feel like, the Knicks are not playing him to his potential. They're not playing him to his strengths. And I feel like that's half of the reason why he doesn't play consistently well. Because right. he misses a lot. And yeah. if I was Obi's representative, I would walk into the Knicks front office right now and be like, Yo, I'll ask for a trade. I would get my client out of there. Is that unpopular or is that common sense to me? Like, he, we, we keep saying, he came in with Amari Stoudemire comparisons and they're treating him like Sean Marion's. They have him stand in the corner and shoot three. So I get it. And he's gotten better at it. He's gotten better. So, you know, uh, hats off to Obi for working his way into rotation a little bit longer for at least a stint by working on his three-point shot. But that's not his all-the-way game. His all-the-way game is is running and picking roll lobs and quick decisions as a half-roll man. Like, that's what he does. And we haven't really gotten the chance to see that. So, I agree with you, Ryan. I don't think that's tech. I don't think that's crazy. I don't think that's crazy I, at I, all. The only reason I was saying that is because I know a lot of people are like, you know, we need to keep Obi and we need to give Obi the reins and this and that. But I'm like, yo, if I was Obi's representative, I wouldn't even want my client here. I'd be like, yo, get my client out of here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. But, uh, yo, I want to talk about McBride and Tibbs for a second. And another thing that I noticed, right? So, first of all, gunshots from McBride. Raw Hebrew running is somewhere crying. He's somewhere <laughs> shedding a thug tear because his man, Miles McBride, played how many minutes today? <laughs> 23 minutes. 23 minutes for Miles McBride. He's starting to handle the ball a little bit more. There was a point in the game where they gave Deuce the ball and the shot clock was running down 
And I, in my head, I'm like, McBride, you don't you dare pass that ball, McBride. Don't you bear you take the take the ball to the hole. And he actually did like a little hezzy move and went to the hole and he missed the layup. But I was proud that he actually got by his man. Um, dribbling, um, taking the ball off the dribble because that's something I haven't really seen him do all season. So I was just happy to see him get by a man. So I was, because that's step one, Ryan. Step yeah. one to being a guard is getting, can you get by your man? Can you get by your man? And besides the obvious defense, because you already know, when him and Grimes and, and those guys get together, the defense is coming and it Game hard. Pause. Today. <laughs> all right. That's all right. <laughs> right? But to me, McBride looked like he got comfortable, Ryan. He started hitting threes, and he started to fill himself a little bit. He got the rebound, hit a little short mid. I, I, I think the confidence is starting to brew. Because we already know about the defense, but the offense has to come along with the defense. You know what I mean? Yeah, facts, man. All I got to say about McBride is I, I I think I read a crazy stat the other day saying that I guess I guess for like I think like, you, you know, like stats, you know, they have like a minimum amount of like minutes played or yeah. a minimum amount of that qualifies, you know, that player to, you know, appear in the rankings for those stats. And I read so I forgot who posted it on Twitter, but there was a stat that, you know, like minimum this amount of minutes played, McBride had the highest defensive rating in the league, which that's great. Which to me feels crazy, and it shows the impact that McBride is having, especially on the defensive end for the Knicks. And that's the reason why he's taking Rose's minutes at the moment, because according to Thibs' defensive schemes, McBride fits better than Rose. Yeah, absolutely, and you know it's also funny, Ryan. Since Grimes has been back. And Cam has been here. We want to see Grimes and Cam play together with Brunson, Randall, Mitch, or you know, we want to see two wing defenders in that starting lineup. And Tibbs did it today. He didn't do it with Cam, but there was a stretch where it was Brunson, IQ, Grimes, Randall, Mitch. And then at the end, McBride came back in the fourth quarter. And it was Brunson, McBride, Grimes, Randall, Mitch. So it was interesting because, you know, R.J. Barrett got 34 minutes. But because he got 34 minutes, we actually got to see what it would look like to have two defenders alongside Brunson and Randall. And it looked all right. It looked all yeah. right, man. And it literally looked good, when, especially when Deuce can hit a three. He's able to hit a three playing alongside those guys and cause havoc on the defensive end. So, um, like I said, this is a game. with a lowly team in the Hornets. So you don't want to get too high. You don't want to get too low. But I liked... I just like the little bit of the experiment, experimentation with defensive lineups mis, mixed with the offensive lineups and, and things that I know. I kind of liked all a little mismatching with the exception of not having Cam there. But um, everything else I like. So 
all in all, I kind of liked what I saw from today because of all the little experimenting we've done. Yeah, most definitely. Like the only thing that really upset me tonight was Hardenstein and Ob- was Hardenstein and Sims. But then even when I saw them play together and how the Knicks were going, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, it worked out. So I was like, yeah, why not <laughs> play them together? <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So I mean, all all good game, man. Hopefully we pull this off and we carry this over to these Kings. Yeah. Um, and shoot, salute to the chat. Hold on, me, me shout out the chat real quick. If you're loving the show, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button and enjoy the KOT show. We will be back on Sunday talking Knicks Kings. The Kings game is going to be a real test. Really curious to see how we handle business versus the Kings. But shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to Alexander. Shout out to L. Marshall. Shout out to JT Riddick. Shout out to Picks for Timmy. Uh, Pack a Punch. Shout out to you as well. And we see anybody else new loud, shout you out. See if you can get you on time. Shout out to my guy, Samir, Sariano, Asian Super Argo, and everybody else who's rocking with the KO2 show. Kareem Grant as well. All right. Shout out to you. Staff of the Dawn. Shout out to you, Staff. Shout out to you. El Marshall, shout out to you, man. Salute to you, guy. And shout out to all my new listeners and shout out to the guys who hated us. And you're like, I ain't messing with that show anymore because. He got God hates Randall. Shout out to you guys as well. So. Shout out to everybody. We got a caller on the on the queue. I, I I was talking so much I forgot. Who's the next caller, Fritz? Next caller up. Let us know what your name is, where you're from, and what do you want to talk about. Uh, actually, it was me. Oh, it's you. The best mod in the game. Best mod in the game, Fritz. What's going on, Fritz? I don't know. I, I just wanted to get in a little bit on um, Deuce. It, it was interesting how the, the Knicks like kind of activated him. They kind of uh, set him down to the seat league, get him warmed up, and then uh, and then he, he took on his backup role. So this is something that's been in the works. It wasn't it wasn't spontaneous. Didn't come out of the blue. Hey, oh, he looks ready tonight. Right. So this this plan. So. Um, yeah, so you can't just say, "Hey, Jesus is playing well." Did it? Uh, this is this is something planned out. It looks like we're actually developing. So, um, it's kind of weird to say. Like we're taking, we're is we on, yeah. like him and Sims. It almost looks like Toronto. That's those who feel Toronto Raptor ish, where we take these low guys off, you know, second rounders, and they make them NBA players. Like it's it's starting to feel like that a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. At least with Sims, but yeah, Deuce is just um, starting out. Go ahead. Even with Sims, like when Sims got drafted, like the 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 graphic on the screen was presented was uh, Sims is not an NBA player; he's an athlete. Um, he probably won't be in the league for a couple years. So for him to go that say within a year to get a real contract and contributing is it, kind of a big deal. So it's a big win for the next like in the fifties. It's a, it's a it's a nice game. Like you, you might not need to make a roster. Yeah. So like it's like that's a big win for the Knicks. So absolutely. Um, can't say that they're not solid. Um, this Knicks got to just looks like now they just kind of trim the fat and then you know roll their nine and and, and you know keep some roster spots open for whatever
Yeah, man. It looks like we're trying to go after Zach Levine. I don't know if that's going to be a possibility or not, but I, I think, I don't know. If we get like a, a wing player here who can shoot threes and create, I think we're fine. I think we're good. Is available to, to January 15th. So, because uh, he, he got like a, he got like an increase. Mm-hmm. So, he, yeah. January 15th is the soonest he could be traded. So, interesting. It's going to be a while. Thank, interesting. Thank you for for that little tidbit. Best mind in the game who knows all the trade details of who's available when. Shout out to my guy, Fritz. All right. All right. Thanks, Fritz. Frank's Fritz. I just want to talk a little bit about Grimes, a little bit about Hartenstein um, before we wrap it up. Uh, shout out to, I see you, Hazansky Gaming. Shout out from the Philippines. Okay, the Philippines. Woo. Shout out to Worldwide, we international. We international, international KOT. Shout out to my guy Hazansky Gaming from Philippines. Thank you for for rocking with us, sir. Appreciate it. Um, yo, Hartenstein making me eat my words, playing some good defense a few times in a row. So shout out to him. But I have a man crusher on Grimes, man. Yeah, that's my guy right now. That's my guy. <laughs> Grimes, Grimes is different. And he did his thing once again. It's funny. I feel like he did really well playing against SGA, playing against uh, 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 Booker, Trey Young, all these high power guys. Even Luca, even though they killed us, they they switched. He's playing so well off of Luca. They they picked him off. So this is say get Brunson on me, right? He's playing well against all these guys, and then Terry Rozier was lighting them up for like a seven, like a little stint. Yeah. It's like, it seemed like he had his most trouble with Terry Rozier and Drew Holiday, like the, the, the no-name-ish guys. <laughs> <laughs> but all in all, Grimes just brings so much to this team. The quick hands, the defense. I need to look up his numbers real quick because I'm about to do that right now. Cause I don't think he's missed at the rim, Ryan. How, have I mean, you seen Have you seen Grimes miss a layup yet? It's rare. It's rare. Usually when he or usually when he's at the rim, he usually finishes. Right. So it's it's, it's like I haven't seen the pristine the pristine three point shooting that I've wanted to see from Quentin Grimes yet. But the defense, the playmaking. The finishing at the rim, all of that, the intangibles, taking on the team's best offensive player on the other end night to night, making Mitch's life a lot more um, easier because he doesn't have to help as much because Grimes is on the team now. All of that is, oh, yeah, hold on. I'm going to get these numbers up. I'm about to put these numbers up. I found them, Ryan. All this is making me like having a man crush on on Mr. Untouchable. All right. Yo, look at this. Look at these cleanest fat numbers. Okay. This we gotta fix. Right? You're the three-point specialist, 30% from three for the year, 90th percentile. But at the rim, 90th percentile at the rim. I, I, that's, okay, I figured that because my eye test says this man does not miss at the rim, dog. Yes, it's been rare. It's been rare. 90th percentile at the rim, short mid, 50th, 55th percentile, long mid, 79th percentile. If you guys don't know, the, the more orange this is, the better the shooting is. 
He's pretty much money everywhere on the floor but the three-point line, which is pretty funny. Dude. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Dude. Well, except for the corner three. The corner the corner three is cold. Oh, wait. He, oh, no, wait, all that, three. That was corner oh, that was three is his most accurate, but it's still not good. It, it, this corner three is... You know what? It says right now... His corner three is at 36%. It doesn't tell you the percentile, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's it's white. My guess is his corner three might be league average. Yeah, it could be, be the That case. might be what that means because it's like dead white in the middle. Yeah. But then again, yes, percentage is 36%. So I would say that is like a league, league average almost 36%. Right. Three. But that's from the corner three. But yeah, corner, everywhere yeah. else altogether from all threes is 30, 30th, which is below. So yeah. he definitely needs to get that up. It seems like the non-corner threes are the biggest issue. But everything else from Grimes is just beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, man. That's why I'm saying, like, you know what? Grimes is in the starting lineup now. We have our two best defenders in the starting lineup now. Let's see what this team does now with our two best defenders in the starting lineup to see how we really react when we we face these, these tougher teams. Because right now, we can beat up on these lesser teams. Um, We beat up on the Cavs, too, low-key. They had their guys in Donovan, Donovan and they had um, their main cogs. Yeah. They're missing Jared Allen. But I want to see what we do against these these harder teams now that we have our defensive guys in place. Stafford Donald, you can find those stats at cleaning the glass, but um I, I pay for I pay for cleaning the glass so I can show you guys these stats in this way, color-coded, because I feel like it's easier to read um when it's color-coded like that for you guys watching on YouTube. So you give me these super chats and stuff like that. It helps pay for a little crap like this. Alright. Alright. That is our show, Ryan. Do you have anything else to say? No, I think I've pretty much said everything. I'm good to go. Good to go too. AG Zook, shout out to you. I know this is rocking with the show. Shout out to you. Um we will be back on Sunday. I was trying to see if I get a show going Saturday. Um but that's that's such a girl. We'll see what happens, but we'll definitely be here Sunday talking Knicks King. Ho- hopefully that ends in a W. King yes. Art Project says leave Julius alone. King Art, um, you might want to rewind to begin this episode. You actually might like it. All right, I don't yeah. think this guy here, but uh, yeah. if you we don't like Julius, you probably hate the beginning of this episode. Okay, <laughs> Lee, don't watch this episode. All right. oh man lee coming on sunday should be interesting when we have this conversation with lee but that is our show ryan g let them know where they can find you sir you can find me on instagram at sir g is chilling sir g is chilling that's s-i-r-g is c-h-i L-L-I, and you can also find me at Sergi's Corner. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. All right, shout out to my guy, Ryan G on KOT. You already know, you find us at the KOT Show on Twitter, the Nick of Time Show on Instagram. 
and the Nick and Tom show on Facebook. Also, listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Find us and get those snapbacks. You see that? The black and white, KOT, the blue and orange, KOT. Shout out to my guy, Chad, who recently just bought a snapback. All you got to do is go to the Nick of Time Show dot com to get yours you'll see button that says catalog click that and you see all the merch all the merch get that snap back kot all right all right Whoops. i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i didn't mean to do that guys i didn't mean to do it premature be back that is our show <laughs> you already know what it is ryan Shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. There's a mess out here in these Knicks and YouTube streets. That is our show. We out of here. Peace. With the music play. Oh, it's all over the place. New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams. NYC.